Chapter 20. On Sunday at 8 a.m., the cargo was boarded into the ferry. Never a shipment was well protected like that one. Meanwhile, Hockley and Larson were buying the train ticket to Oslo. Captain Erling Swarson was directing the ship towards the center of the lake. Just before it take 10.45, he went out of the wheelhouse and read his notebook. Everything was normal, people playing cards, talking or reading books, while the Germans watered the rail cars. Suddenly, an explosion occurred, and he ordered to steer back to land, but the ship would simply wouldn't move. It was sinking. The captain ordered to get into the lifeboats. Everyone was shocked and did everything to save their lives. Either they used life vests or jumped to the water before drowning with the ferry. Only one lifeboat was open and had plenty of passengers. All the 53 who boarded the ship, only 27 survived. With that, all the rear cars and the drums of the heavy water were at the bottom of the lake. Hocklet read the news in a cabin in a cabin north of Oslo. With the help of the underground escape network, he found his way and went to Stockholm. There he met with his wife, Bodil. But too much time has passed, and then after two weeks, Hockley returned to resistant work. It was the only life that made sense to him. On February 26, 1944, Johnson arrived at the Euston Station from Scotland. As he went to his office, he saw the place got, got ahead of German bombers. Hundreds were dead and many were without homes. The Johnson thought of the ferry sabotage. He felt sorry for the lives lost, but many more were dying in London due to the blitzes. He knew that if the German possessed an atomic bomb, everything would have been worse as everywhere was going to be evacuated. Within days, Johnson received a confirmation from Skinner's spies that the entire shipment was sunk and that the only useless ones were, re were recovered. With that, he closed the brief chapter in his fights against the Germans. He would later ask Churchill to reward those involved. For being more, Johnson lamented destroying what he helped build. As soon as the war was over, he would help construct a better one for Norway. In November of that year, the Allies knew that Gibner might create a self-sustaining uranium machine. Later, in Strasbourg Hospital, Dr. Samuel Gottsmith and Colonel Boris Pash discovered that the Germans weren't going to get an atomic bomb anytime soon. At the start of 1945, the end of the war was inevitable. Still, Gibner and Gerlach had hoped that, that by kept doing experiments to obtain at least a working uranium machine, all Haynes' work was using uranium clubs to merge in heavy water and found out that, it, that he could build a reactor if he had 50% more of uranium and heavy water. None of this never happened. The uranium club was designed and sent to a country house outside of England, Cambridge. At 6 p.m. on August 6, 1945, it was reported that an atomic bomb was dropped in Japan. On the other hand, the man who discovered fusion was informed he shattered, even more when the Iranian club knew. They never thought of the Americans and the British who have created such a thing. Later, later Churchill, Churchill made statements clearing everything and saying that the weapon was struck in Hiroshima, a war base in Japan. He also talked about the two sabotages in Norway, which helped to avoid the Germans for creating the weapon first. Nirmner then concluded that the two sabotages of heavy water were one of the main reasons Germany couldn't create one.